This week, we're just a cook, just a lowly, lowly cook, who podcasts about Under Siege. This is Body Counts and Beer. And welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosendahl. I am Patrick Bromley. Guys, I think I'm John Rooney, but after this movie, I just don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, we are finally dipping our toes into Lake Seagal. <laughs> We're taking on 1992's Under Seas. Yes! In this corner, we got three bearded assholes. In that corner, we have the world's longest dick metaphor. <laughs> Will win. <laughs> Probably the dick metaphor, actually. Oh, it definitely defeated yeah, me. No. It penetrated me repeatedly. <laughs> well, guys, we are the assholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. From the writer of Pretty Woman, the director of Steel Big, Steel Little, and the star of all of Vladimir Putin's wet dreams. <laughs> Comes under siege! Oh boy, does it come! <laughs> oh, it does. Um, There's an explicit warning tag on this one, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, Tipper Gore was furious when it came out. <laughs> so, Under Siege begins, uh, like all movies do, big ship going through water. Yeah. Exposition <clears throat> dump. Look at that big ship. That's right, the USS Missouri is being brought back to Pearl Harbor. Uh, we find out in a little opening narration, it was built, uh, this is all true, by the way, built uh, just after the attack on Pearl Harbor. Uh, it is where the uh, surrender that the Japanese did uh, at World War II to end the war happened. It is now being brought back to Pearl Harbor to be decommissioned. Uh, sort of a big ceremony. We get a little bit of file footage of George H.W. Bush. H.W.? Yeah, the, the elder Bush. Yeah. And uh, his lovely wife, Barbara, uh, giving a little speech. And then a um, uh, thousand points of light. Uh, yeah. Uh, not kind of that. That which uh, would be prudent. That which would yeah, not be prudent. Exactly. Yeah. You know. So are you telling me yeah, uh, It's the early yes. 90s. There was a Bush president. We just won a war in the Middle East and cleanly withdrew with you in, uh, <laughs> you in approval. There yeah. is there is a weird sense of early 90s. Well, now that war's over, what are we going to do with all these boats? I don't know. Give them to Seagal. See what he can fucking <laughs> rustle up with them, I guess. We have literally all of the military of the Pacific that's just doing nothing. Yeah. Yep. We can rent it out to Hollywood. It's uh-huh. fine. So now, uh, since there's a former president in this movie, does this movie get a uh, Secret Service detail? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I was wondering yeah. who all these people were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we introduced to the Steven Seagal character, Casey Ryback. He is the cook on this ship. Uh, and is, boy, do they not let you forget it. No. Yes. He, he is the cook. He spends a lot of time in the galley kitchen just goofing off with his friends. As he's coming through the ship, everyone keeps asking him where his dress whites are because there's going to be a big party for the captain of the ship. At one point, he said, they say, hey, you forgot your dress. And he goes, no, I got my dress. I forgot the pumps. And then walks <laughs> away. Yeah, there is a lot of very uncomfortable transphobia in this movie. <laughs> cool. Aww. I mean, there's a lot of uncomfortable everything phobia yeah. in this movie. <laughs> really? And it should be mentioned that uh, Steven Seagal, we did some research on this. And where Where is he from? Lansing, He's Michigan. From yeah. Lansing, Michigan, and then at the age of five moved to California. Fullerton, California. So that explains his accent, I guess? He somehow developed a Tommy Wiseau voice. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and everything he says feels like it's dripping with hair grease. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, also perversion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is nothing okay about anything that he delivers. It doesn't matter what the line is or who he's talking to. It just feels like I should be alerting to catch a predator. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty odd. <laughs> Super gross. And uh, it only gets grosser. It really does. Yeah. So, uh, Ryback is in the kitchen. Uh, they're doing some dancing, having a good time, uh, making some bouillabaisse, some pies, uh, and then we are introduced... These pies are incredibly important. Yes. Yeah. They look uh, good, too. The movie spends a lot of time setting up these three, it looks like coconut cream? Maybe, yeah. Some it's kind a of big meringue. meringue pie. It's yeah. a big meringue yeah. It's either, yeah, pie. coconut cream, maybe a lemon meringue, possibly a combination of the two. Could be a chocolate meringue. Yeah. We don't see what's under that meringue. Whoa. Chocolate meringue? That's my grandma's specialty, and it's fucking amazing. I've never heard of a chocolate You've meringue. You've never pie, had a chocolate meringue. And now I pie? need to have a oh, chocolate no. meringue pie. Dude. Stop this podcast. <laughs> We're going to the store. Mm, oh, God, the pie is so good. Thank you for stopping the podcast for that pie. Mm. That's called object work, you guys. <laughs> I did some Second City classes. <laughs> Uh, so now we are introduced to Gary Busey uh, playing uh, XO of the ship, uh, Commander Krill, uh, which you might know as the Boy, thing what that a good whales eat. Yeah, I was about to <laughs> yeah. say. What a heroic name, and what great casting for Never Plays a Bad Guy, Gary Busey. Yeah, Gary Busey spends guy. no time getting his megalodon teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> smiling his creepy smile. Yeah. Uh, and he is, for the first 30 minutes of this movie, this is not an action movie. It is a, we're throwing a birthday party for the captain <laughs> yeah. movie. There is a ton of setup in this first 20 minutes. For this that, birthday party. That you think is going to like sustain the drama of the rest of the movie, but it pays off five minutes later and is never brought up again. Yeah, right. See also the bouillon and the pies. Yeah. Bouillon base! <laughs> I won't have you make a mockery of this delicious French-inspired dish. Uh, so anyways, um, bully base. Oh, shit, is, that, is that a deep-cut Easter egg for what they do later in the movie with the French? Maybe? Maybe? Nah, this movie's not meta. Yeah, this movie's not this movie's intelligent not enough not to make meta. those kind of connections. No. There's no symbolism. No. There's no pickle No, dish. no, there's lots of symbolism. symbolism. Yeah, it's all of dicks, though. Yeah. God, when Seagal cocks his pistol... He, no, that yeah, that's not a euphemism, but it's a euphemism, yeah. right? Well, because most guys when they do like the cock, it's like the like the palm on top pulls like the slider back. No, he puts like, the finger on the tip yeah. and presses down. <laughs> finger on the tip presses down he, and makes sure it pops back up. Yeah, yeah. No, he, I've done that plenty of times <laughs> on my gun. <laughs> There's so many just like cut twos of like <laughs> missiles so and shells and chains they and somehow, thick yeah. tubular items yeah. sliding in and out of things. Yeah. They somehow sexualize a boat anchor in a way that I never thought possible. Whoa. And it's not even the anchor, it's the chain. Yeah. But man, that's a thick bulging chain. <laughs> thick wow. linked chain. Man. And the that whole boat is, is like covered ooh. in KY muscle grease. <laughs> right? Like everything is like just like it's not wet, it's just glistening. And later when the, the sub shows up, it's the same way. Yeah, Son, it's just I, think, I think you heard me say bring me a lot of KY muscle grease. <laughs> what I actually said was bring me all the KY muscle grease you have. <laughs> we got a boat to grease. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do like that they uh, director of photography Robert Maplethorpe. 
So, uh, <laughs> Gary Busey, Krill is wandering around basically telling everybody, like, we got to land this helicopter. We're going to bring this band in to surprise the old man. Oh, we got to put all of our roving uh, watch uh, guards in, take them off because they got to be there for the party for the old man. Then they go down, they send the red-headed... Uh, Redheaded ensign down yeah. there, who you know is the redheaded ensign from pretty much every movie ever. Yeah, um, and to tell the kitchen staff that they can't be in the galley, they're gonna fly the food in, and Ryback is not having it. Yeah, he's the only one that cooks for the captain. Says so in his contract. Yep, <clears throat> he got, he's got to make Casey's kimchi. Yeah, Casey's and his, kimchi. Yeah, and his Parmesan Rybackiano. I swear to God, that's on the menu in the galley. And those pies, and those pies. And those pies, and that bully of bees. You can get all these things at Planet Hollywood, too. <laughs> You'd almost have to. I wonder if they have, like, celebrity chef night at Planet Hollywood, and sometimes it's Steven Seagal. <laughs> that would be amazing. Could yeah. I get, like, a flaming Alaska, and for him to, like, throw me through a table? No, I- these days it would just be, like, borscht. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me that he just makes giant pots of uh, fucking jambalaya. <laughs> so uh, now a helicopter comes onto the Missouri, and uh, inside the helicopter we have Tommy Lee Jones uh, as uh, a, rock a rock star, a hippie looking rock star, leather jacket with uh, studs on the back and like the form of an eagle, yeah. and a headband, really sunglasses. Bizarre one sided conversation about how human boats are. Yeah. <laughs> which I guess just sets up the dick metaphors no, no, for no, later. No, no, I think he was saying how human the military was for flying in Tommy Lee in that uh, Playboy model. Uh, Ms. July, 89, Jordan Tate. Played by, uh, I believe, former Baywatch star Erica Aleniak. Aleniak, And she yeah. is just, uh, seems like a personification of the 90s going through a really bitter divorce and being mad at women. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. The it's writer like, and director of this movie, like, clearly were having some relationship issues. Well, I feel like they watched an episode of uh, Married with Children and didn't get that it was ironic. They were like, oh, this is how women are, right, guys? Right? Oh. Uh, the, the camera does... I, I hesitate yes. to say force us, but it gives us no other choice yeah, but to no. stare at her ass. The, the, yes, after they land the helicopter and she gets out. The camera and, zooms in on yeah, her Yeah, she ass. gets off the thing. She's wearing like a halter top, very lot of cleavage, you know, midriff showing, tight pants. Everybody who's working on the boat stops. It gets visibly aroused. And like yeah. looks up. And with the, like, everybody and the applauds the woman for just like showing kind of some of her boobs yeah and then yes as she's walking away the camera literally pans down and like zooms in, in on her ass on her and ass. we just watch it go <laughs> for like an uncomfortable amount of time like, yeah, yeah no is yeah. that a long time it's well, just I seconds mean, it's the but... anticipation too because like you kind of they linger on her back and you're like oh fuck you're not gonna do this to me are you movie and then they just hone right in on her ass and you're like oh shit movie you did this you is did, totally movie. 92 <laughs> You fucking assholes. Because, like, a better movie, it would have, like, started panning down. You're like, oh, I'm just going to show her ass. This is really uncomfortable. But then it would have, like, panned over to, like, like a gun or, like, a secret, like, you know, yeah. a foreshadowing right. thing. But this is not a better no, movie. this is about her ass. This movie is a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. yeah. This movie operates With a gigantic, on, uh, unrequited erection. Yeah. This movie also has no foreshadowing nor callback. It simply exists as... The scene you're currently watching, the scene directly before it, and the scene directly yeah. after it. Yeah. Yep. 
Those it has th- no further attention span. These are the three most important scenes, John. <laughs> I, I do feel like this movie, it's, it is. It's like, it's like a kid, it's like a 13-year-old boy who's just gone through puberty, but hasn't discovered how to masturbate right. yet. Right, so he's just hard, and it can't, like, nothing yeah. can come of it. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just knows that, like, dicks are hard and boobs are nice, and that's it. <laughs> So they've 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 called upon this real weird grunge blues band to play the old man's yeah, party. Yeah, they're a blues band. The, they're the the bail jumpers. Yeah, they're the a blues band slash like the bail breakers. Bail breakers, right? Yeah, slash like the, weird the ending funk credits, band too. Yeah, in the ending credits, I misread it as ball breakers. <laughs> And was not surprised, because this is the kind of movie that would yeah. have a band called the Ball Breakers. Right. It is that classic, like, 90s blues band, though. Like, I'm pretty sure they play behind Michael Keaton and Jack Frost later. Yeah. <laughs> it's that same band. I'm though. pretty sure it was just the fabulous Thunderbirds. <laughs> but, like, everyone else has, like, just a cool, like, blues brothers, like, suit and tie looks very nice. Yeah. Except for Tommy Lee Jones that looks like the 60s just regurgitated him. Yeah. Onto yes. a it's super weird. Uh, so, uh, everyone is being pulled up to the mess deck, uh, for this party. Busey goes and tells the captain, the captain's like, you couldn't land a helicopter without me finding out. And he's like, oh, sorry, there's a, there's a surprise party. And he's like, no, Krill, you didn't put him out. Uh, and then, so, they set all that up. They go down to the galley to get, uh, Ryback's crew. They send him all away, and then Busey, like, unnecessarily, he's got a real, like, hatred of Casey Ryback for some reason. Well, I mean, it's established that, yeah, that they don't get along. They've both been assigned to this boat for what seems like a while, because Seagal's character is, like, finishing out his 20s so he can get his pension. Yeah. It seems like nobody likes Krill, including Ryback. Ryback's just the only one that is, like, actively being shitty back. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Because, like, Ryback knows that he almost sort of outranks him. Yep. (laughs) Like, more or less outranks him. Like, Ryback knows he doesn't have to take his shit. So Krill comes down, and he uh, Mm. gets in Ryback's face, spits in his booyah base for seasoning oh flavor I'm sorry he goes flavor. a little bit of flavor yeah. after hocking up a big old busy loogie and then um, Seagal proceeds to whoop the shit out of everybody there yeah, yeah. he shoves he punches Busey he warm. shoves him first. first yeah he shoves him first and, they're and like, then someone goes oh that's striking an, an officer, officer. He goes, that's not striking an officer this is striking an officer and punches him so hard he draws blood on his cheek then <laughs> eight, eight other uh, like naval, yeah, yeah they're well, MPs, they're military yeah, police, right? Sure. Yeah. Try to get him. He handily beats them the up, shit out of all, and of them. then event, and then just gives up, but not before he literally grabs a guy's fist that's punching at him and just throws and just him throws away. Him. It's <laughs> awesome. And he's like, "All right, whatever, you know, I, I quit." And so they get everyone out of there. They lock him in the meat locker. Yeah. With a uh, big old like meat skewer or knife sharpener stick. It's like an stick. ice pick or yeah. a knife uh, sharpener stick. Yeah. And they, yeah, kind uh, of blocking the lock so yeah. that he can't push the door open. Right. And they leave some dumb kid to watch over Yeah, him. one of the MPs. And Busey uh, authorizes lethal force. Yes. Yeah, if he tries to escape. Shoot him right in the head. And all of this is very necessary because he was totally going to serve those pies at the birthday party. And That's that is true. Not and in fact, uh, the only thing that is of any concern to Seagal at this point is, you take my pies out of the oven, you take my pies out! <laughs> he says it like eight times. They're How great are my pies? looking pies. <laughs> uh, and now we're at the birthday party, the uh, the bail breakers are uh, 
just jamming out. Uh, they got Ms. July, and they, they are going to have her jump out of a giant novelty cake. Novelty. Uh, yes, Harry yeah. Busey gives her a mysterious amount of pills and says, just take two. Yeah, he yeah. says, take two. That should help your emotion sickness. She's like, these are going to help me. Goes into a room, dumps out like eight of them. <laughs> and then apparently passes out in the cake. Right. Nice. Yeah, because I think you were saying when Gary Busey gives you pills. <laughs> yeah, if Gary Busey tells you to take two, you take one. <laughs> You take yeah. one. You got it. You got to factor in yeah. the Busey resistance, <laughs> right? Yeah. You let it ride, and if you want that second one, maybe the Buse was being nice to you, yeah, and already having the dose. Yeah, Krill's just handed her like a a bottle of lewds or something. Yeah. So she passes out, and everybody forgets that she's even there. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's because they introduce Miss Miss July, and it's actually Gary Busey in. <laughs> Terrifying Medea dress. It is the most frightening thing I've ever seen in my life. And it is completely unnecessary to the proceedings of the movie. Yeah, Yeah, it has nothing to do with anything except as if it's as if the man that made this movie thought that this was the kind of thing someone somewhere would want. It's, I mean, it's played for a joke, right? Yeah, it's played for a joke. You get Busey comes in and like, this is, you know, this is an early 90s Busey. He's had his heyday. He's put on some weight. He's got a gut. <laughs> like he's not the thin, like good-looking Buddy Holly of his time. This is, and this is post Mister Joshua too. Like this guy's not taking anybody in a fight. He's just fat and out of shape. Uh, he's got this horrible fright wig, bad lipstick, yeah, uh, giant like balloon-sized like boobs. He's wearing a short like skirt and just dancing, dancing the most weirdly frightening. <laughs> dance I've ever seen. It's horrifying. I mean... And it, it seems like it's being done to endear him to a crew that seems to mistrust and hate him. Yeah, in but fact... to w- what end? In right? fact, one of the other officers goes, maybe Krill's not such an <laughs> asshole after all. Which is a weird thing to say. Right, it has no plot relevance later on in the movie, and it seems to be actively mean towards the act of cross-dressing. Yes, <laughs> it very much is. He's dancing... I mean... God damn it! It is. It's gonna replace the whale in my nightmares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, legitimately, terrifying. goddamn terrifying. Like I've seen The Exorcist. I've seen, <laughs> and it keeps getting funnier. Every yes, time exactly. I see it. I've seen Rosemary's Baby. I've seen The Omen. I've seen every horror movie you can imagine. Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nothing in any of those <laughs> movies gives me a sense of palpable terror like Gary Busey. Lifting up his skirt and rubbing it on another man. It's the most frightening thing. The whole body cringe. Tommy Lee Jones, like, does his best hype man on the stage. Yeah, he does his best Flava Flav. (laughs) Because the only instrument he seems to play is the harmonica, harmonica, and there's not much call for his harmonica. He's mostly just, like, old man dad dancing. He's yeah. just kind of doing that little back and forth like shuffle. The script involved him singing and doing other stuff, and then they were like, no, 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 we've got Tommy Lee Jones, and he can't do any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, okay, just give him a harmonica. Yeah, and, and he was, uh, Tommy Lee Jones was born with the face of a 45-year-old. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, Busey in drag, but now sans wig, and a big, giant cigar that looks like the novelty explodey part has already Jesus. gone off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Walks into the captain. At some point, the subtext just becomes text. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she walks into the captain's uh, room, and the captain's like, Err? and he's like, bang! And he shoots the captain right in the chest. Yeah. Just kills him right there. 
uh, and starts going through his shit. And uh, Curly Joe shoots him a couple more times. Yeah. And yeah. gets on his little earpiece radio and says, it's done. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. And then they put some other guys in a different part of the ship, put some other guys well, in a Tommy hole, Le- and they're we're, like... We're skipping over Tommy Lee Jones asks for the highest ranking officer right. in the true, room. True, true, true. Uh, as it, in preparation to seemingly call them on stage to like sing the next song or something yeah. like that, uh, the guy says, I'm the most senior officer in the room. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones shoots him in the back of the head, thus disintegrating the chain of command. Right. right. And that it's at that point that all over the ship, uh, uh, naval officers and uh, marines and all sorts of people are uh, gathered together and put in the forksole or forecastle or whatever the fuck you want to call it. The, the back of the ship. God, it's, if only it's they like had... the front. It's a forksole. All right, so the front of the ship. Because the I other don't one know. would be like the aftsole. I don't know. Yeah, that yeah. sweet rock and roll singer, Aftel Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Aftel. I don't know how castles on a boat work. And that, but there's, <laughs> a boat is nothing if not a castle at sea. <laughs> We're all sailors here. Yeah. Yeah. But it does seem like, I don't know. Uh, I'm a yachtsman. <laughs> and I rode crew at Yale. <laughs> That's why your knot work is so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not like that sweet Princeton not work. <laughs> Those guys know how to do a boat thing. <laughs> I, I realized halfway through that, I don't know any nautical terms. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of not knowing how to do things, I guess the military doesn't train any of its soldiers or naval officers on how to deal with counterterrorism. I think the right. deal is like they let a bunch of people off at Hawaii and so it's not they're on a skeleton people, crew and they don't have I guess the guys the like random guys aren't armed I think there are only certain people that are armed all the time on the right boat. correct so the terrorists or whoever takes over the ship these guys they're mercs seemingly uh, maybe ex-CIA private army weirdo like guys your soldier of fortune types paramilitaries sure. I think is the vogue term you're looking for yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> that's what they refer to them in all of the fashionable salons <laughs> I call them fight hookers <laughs> Ah, the old Scottish term. Good to know. We're not dogs of war. We're fight hookers. <laughs> this one's got a heart of gold. This one's trying to get through yeah. med school. Don't confuse us with those battle whores. <laughs> well, so, they're just in it for love of the game. Yeah. Right, yeah. They wear way too much war makeup. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ryback is in the meat locker... Asking the kid who's guarding him to A, check on his pies. Yeah, because those pies, they could burn. B, there's gunshots, call the captain. And C, seriously, bro, check those fucking pies. <laughs> to which the uh, the ensign replies, I don't know who you're talking to because no one out here is listening. La, 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 la. Except yeah. you're listening. You responded. Right, and there's absolutely no reason for you not to just radio your superiors and say, hey, what were those gunshots all about? Oh, wait a second. I'm just John, checking. John, you're like three steps ahead of what's important here. There's no reason you can't reach into that oven and take out those pies. <laughs> or at the very least, just turn the gas off. Jesus something, man. It's a pie. <laughs> Have it's, you no heart? 
It's three pies. <laughs> I have then... to say, he is showing immeasurable constitution because I would have been eating them fucking oh, pies. Oh, fuck yeah, take the pies out. Neither. Yeah, it's then... since they're eating a loaf of bread he like a shithead. a loaf of fucking Italian <laughs> oh, bread. God. Worst private ensign bullshit guy ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile... I actually look forward to when he dies in a couple yeah. of minutes. Seagal Dick. is in a 40 degree, like, fucking... Uh, Meat locker. He's not shivering. He's not changed clothes to blue. The most he does is pick up a weird poncho that was in there. No, it's a potato sack. Was it? It looked like a poncho to me. Well, nothing keeps out the elements quite like a well-fashioned potato sack. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, it works for all those orphans out there, I guess. It's it's the only way we settled Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) That is if you consider Oklahoma to be settled. Roll time. Because <laughs> they're against the Sooners from Oklahoma. Yeah, it's a college football thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm we're all sure college football fans around here. I'm not even sure oh, that's yeah. true. Don't call me on this. Yeah, because the Crimson Tide and the Sooners. I don't think that that is true. Actually, don't the Crimson Tide mostly play a lot against Auburn? I thought the Crimson Tide was up against Red Dawn. Whoa, buddy, that's an entirely different thing. Go and, Wolverines. Yeah. Go Wolverines. Guys, let's burn this podcast. (laughs) So... (laughs) Dynamite dropping with that college football stuff, by the way. Way to keep the energy up. And anyways. (laughs) So, uh, Ryback... Guys, make pretend like we just said a really great joke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Boy, I hope we got all on tape you guys because that was gold oh man technical difficulties it's all gone anyways technical difficulties was the bullshit tumbling out of our dumb mouths i mean technically it was difficult (laughs) to speak so yeah technically (laughs) uh meanwhile the oven starts smoking the pies are burning sweet jesus and now he'll open the oven and take out the pies but not even now he'll take them out no no because he has to say goes Ryback, you got a fire in here. And he goes, What's Ryback gonna do? He's trapped in the refrigerator that you're guarding. So all he can say is, once again, get my pies out of the oven. And he pulls them out, and they are fucked. If it was meringue, it's brittle and burnt now. And it was at this point that I was convinced those scorched, hot, searing pies would be used as a weapon at some point. Mm-hmm. They are not. No. Nope. They're no, just John, there forever. They represent the tragedy of life. <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> My hopes and dreams of this movie yeah. died with them. <laughs> so now that uh, Tommy Lee Jones, we find out the man guy, he is the leader of this merry band. Uh, they steal the uh, launch codes for the nuclear Tomahawk missiles that are on this boat. Um, and then he takes control of the radar room, the uh, yeah, steering. He's got, he's got the, the whole, whole ship thing. locked down. Yeah. And then he places a call to the office, which is uh, the Pentagon? I guess that room from Dr. Strangelove? Yes, yeah. actually, because the cast at the end for that section is labeled Pentagon, Pentagon Crew. P- yeah, no, it's labeled yeah. Pentagon Players. Players, yeah, the Pentagon <laughs> <That's> Players. Right. <laughs> it's my favorite fucking beer league softball team (laughs) (laughs) pentagon players players. i.e. a room of old white men (laughs) right flanked by older white men (laughs) 
There was a lady in there. There was. You're right. One single a, lady. Yeah. Because it was the 90s, and, and that meant everything was equal. And that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've got a woman, you guys. Yeah, we did it. movie has exactly two women in it. Yep. Yep. And they're both blondes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. How nice. They both have the exact same haircut. Yeah. And no one is nice to either of them. <laughs> nope. Right. She brings in, uh, the speaking of the woman, um, she br- she's never even given a name as Dude. far as I remember. Most of those people don't have names. Yeah. She brings in a CIA guy uh, to help go over the thing and they get the phone call from the man we now know as Stranitz, uh, played by Tommy Lee Jones, who goes on an insane rant. Yeah. Uh, about you gotta understand, Tommy Lee Jones, during the entire runtime of this movie, is auditioning for King Lear. Yeah, yeah no, that's the thing. It's like it's like he's in Constantine, and every so often he shifts into a Shakespeare play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where he is completely insane. And it is absolutely hypnotic. Yeah, no. Yeah. He is mesmerizing. Yeah. He starts film. going on about, like, topsoil and erosion and yeah, environmental and stuff. Yeah, how he missed the 60s yeah. and shit. I don't... It's weird. And basically, he tells them that he's gonna steal the nukes off of this boat because um, he was a part of some like CIA wet work team uh, Operation yeah. Cleopatra mm-hmm. yeah uh, and it turns out that their team was no longer needed they were starting to go renegade so they sent a hit squad after them in Miami in Miami uh, yeah. and then he he sent he killed those guys and then sent their four they sent their fingers in to the, the CIA, CIA in the mail in the mail yep. that's amazing uh, uh, and then, so anyways, they're like, you're nuts, you're crazy, and he's like, man, no, and he hangs up, and it turns out he was just goofing, he's not really that crazy. Yeah, Although he's, he's, just, a he's like, playing their psychological negotiation right. games yeah. against He's them. pulling yeah. a Hans Gruber. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's his, I want the Asian Dawn and Liberté de Québec yeah. to yeah. get yeah. out. And the, mo- the new Provo group or whatever. Yeah, and so uh, he then, event- they take control of the missile system, and they fire it at a radar building somewhere and blows it up. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Take that radar building. Meanwhile, Ryback finally is let out of the uh, freezer when they find out that uh, he's down there. They send a couple guys to relieve uh, the guard. They kill him real brutally, real yeah, quick. He just, gets shot a bunch of times. He's yes. very relieved. Well, what I do, so the, they get the private and they say like, "Where's Ryback?" And he's like, "He's in the refrigerator." Which one? There's literally only one. Right. <laughs> there is a single. And then they're like, "Well, we got all the information we need out of this guy," and then just blow him Pump away. Pump full of bullets. And then they pop open the fridge. No Ryback. No Ryback at all. I guess it was mistaken. But then. A ceiling grate falls down. That <laughs> smacks them directly in the face. Nails one in the face, and then Ryback comes out and kicks the other one in the face and locks them in the freezer. And then, uh, while waiting for them to uh, shoot their way out, which they do almost immediately, yeah. he turns all the lights off and uh, gets his little throwing knife uh, out of the board and promptly handles these two Right quick. The first guy, he throws a, neck, a knife into his neck. Right into his neck. And kills him right quick. The other one, he gets into a kind of hand-to-hand fight with, and then eventually, like, karate chops him to death. Yeah, yeah. drops him on the ground and karate chops him across the and throat. And it seems like in every action sequence in this movie, at the end of it, there's a little uh, footnote or end note, and at the bottom it says, Don't worry, Steven Seagal is at no point in danger of getting hurt ever. Yeah. <laughs> And he no, is like he is Mr. Invincible, and not in a way of just like, oh man, he's so tough, but in a way of just like, oh, the actors have been told not to touch him. <laughs> right. So uh Ryback now uh is on the loose. 
He steals uh, the Mercs, like... Uh, tactical little, yes, vest. Yes, tactical, yeah, vest, tactical vest. He guns. gets on the uh, radio so you can hear everybody talking And he to also other. sets a, a bomb of some kind of improvised bomb. He takes a mug There's and puts... Ethanol. And some yeah. like high proof liquor. Yeah, yeah high proof liquor, ethanol, and then a like a like scotch, a, a sponge or something. No, I think it's a Brillo pad. Like it's like yeah, a, it's like a, like a steel wool type thing. Yeah, because it's metal. And then he puts it in the microwave for I guess twenty minutes. I have no idea. Uh, he sets it to plot convenient. No, time. it's uh, yes. if you looked at that microwave, it's a dial that he turns all the way to whatever. Yeah, it is a dial, people. Yeah, yeah it was ninety nine. <laughs> this is back in the days when you still had to walk up to the TV to change. The channel, kids. <laughs> uh, and so, meanwhile, uh, Busey is now taking command of the ship. Uh, he is the captain now, Captain Krill. And all the crazy bad guys or whatever are doing whatever. They're starting to install some kind of like a railing system. Yeah, they're yes. ripping metal off yeah. of the ship and using that Big. to create a railing to move the missiles. Big off yellow with. girders. Yeah. yeah. I beams, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Ryback. Uh, finally comes across the remains of the birthday party. Uh, there's a couple dead bodies there. Some and torn a banners. beautiful cake. Yeah. He kicks it out of the way with <laughs> complete ease. Yeah. And, and utter disregard. Right, for this big giant cake. Now this is Chekhov's cake. It has been set up, much like the pies, to be right. of vital importance. Exactly. And then it fires. <laughs> <laughs> and it fires, and, and who should come out but... Erica, Erica Liniak and the sound of someone desperately trying to sound like Van Halen. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Now, what I do love is that uh, Tommy Lee Jones said, says to her, don't worry, you can do this gig with your eyes closed. And she takes him up on it because she is not paying any attention no. to what's going on at well, all. Well, I assume that she's asleep in the cake. Right, but even when she bursts out of the cake, there's literally no one in the room who is currently alive except for Seagal. Yeah, she doesn't open her eyes for like right. the first she, two moves. She opens her shirt first. She's yeah. introduced via butt and boo. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, this is like this is that thing that happened a lot in the late eighties, early nineties in action movies where you had to have that eight seconds of boob to yeah. like sell it to foreign markets. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was the foreign markets. <laughs> That's right. Who had to have the boob. Uh, yeah, and, this, this well, and, to, and to video stores. Right. Al Gore's dream of an interconnected web of computers to deliver pornography across the globe had yet to really come to fruition. I mean, that is true. I'm glad Al Gore could make that happen for all of us. Thanks, Al Gore. Thanks, yeah. buddy Gore. You're the best. I'm, I hope you really appreciate the thanks for all that porn. <laughs> <laughs> He's swinging single now, so... Yeah, and I mean, like, I checked that I was over 21 every time, so I assume... (laughs) Yeah, when it asks for my birthday, I certainly never said it to 1916. Right, yeah. (laughs) The PMRC fucking got that shit up there. Thanks, Al Gore. Otherwise, kids could have seen it. Teenagers, the most honor-driven of any demographic. Of any demographic, yeah. I mean, I can tell you the truth. I saw this movie when it came out on video as a kid. That means you saw boobs. Yeah, I did. What was it like? My parents uh... were... My mom was super neglectful. Like, I watched... (laughs) To be so fair. many Van Damme and Stallone and like Seagal movies back then. Yeah, the VHS case had like that leisure suit Larry age check where yeah. it asked you uh, <laughs> pop culture questions of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You couldn't you couldn't see boobs unless you knew enough about LA law. <laughs> or, That's or how they kept Kadavi. the kids out. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like Dancer's you, Larry you, Drake. <laughs> you really had to learn the difference between Desert Strike and Desert Shield to really get to the pornography. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and so, yeah, there's a, a brief strip scene uh, until she's greeted by Seagal. His first move when he sees a stripper is to put a gun, gun in, in her face. face. Jesus and not even like a pistol, like a fully automatic assault weapon, just jams it in her face. And her response is to be like, huh, how about that? Crap. Yeah, she's she's real, because she, she's just kind of like getting her bearings and trying to figure it out. Yeah. He reaches out in a point of view shot that makes it look like he's going straight for the boob. Yes. Yeah. Cut to him throwing her into a room. Yeah. And she is in tears. Rightfully so, I would be too. Who that is be? terrifying. Yeah. Especially because I was still... paid I was paid to show my genitalia to a room full of receptive audience members. And instead they I are all dead. This one guy with a gun. And I'm a little seasick. Yeah. And now, and now he throws him on Busey Dramamine. Yeah, she's weeping. He's still got the gun like pointed at her face. Yeah. Boy, and, and now this entire scene just feels like it is punctuated by the "Am I right, fellas?" Yeah, right? and he's just like interrogating her. And now it's time that we mention something about Seagal's acting style. Uh, acting, we call it. Yes, <laughs> Steven, man, acting. Steven Seagal has zero emotions ever. Period. His only emotion is... Casual disdain. Yeah, glaring. Yeah. He never speaks above a whisper, (laughs) ever. Ever. And even in an interrogation, it's like, who are you? What are you doing here? What did you see? What did you hear? And like, you I mean, even that is maybe too much of like a vocal glide, yeah. right? And also, like, I was kind of into. I, I, I you could make out what I was saying. Sure, that, that was more of like a David Hater doing Solid Snake. <laughs> yeah, Seagal's got this weird, like, mumble mouth, mush mouth. I don't know. Maybe he got like ketoed into the face too many times in the eighties. <laughs> what something. it is is it feels like again. So this whole movie is obviously cribbing from Die Hard. And it feels like he's trying to do that Bruce Willis mumbly down kind of right lower register performance, but he does not have like the Willis charisma oh, or no. skill. Yes. No screen presence whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, you can see right through him, oh, and like rough. somehow that makes everything he says feel like a gross. Really gross. Yeah, no, you're in the uncanny valley the whole time Steven Seagal <laughs> is on screen. You're like, is this a person? I feel like every single line you have is just like grounds for assault. <laughs> every, yeah, every single line he's got is just like a grope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so basically, he's like, all right, well, I got to go solve. I'm just a cook, but I got to fix everything. And she's like, a cook, we're all going to die. And he's like, shut up and go in this locker. Shoves her in a locker, slams the door. She rightfully screams and starts banging to be let out. He gives a look like, oh, women. Right. You can't slap them around. You can't put them in a locker. You can't stare at their boobs. Sorry, PC police. What am I allowed to do? So he opens the locker and he's like, you got to be quiet or else everyone is going to find you. Slam no, no, the door no, no. in the face not, not again. Even, not even everybody's going to find you. Everybody's going to find me. Yeah. Right? He has no, no concern. concern. 
Yeah. Slams the door in her face again and then stands there with a smirk on his face knowing he's going to open it back yeah. up when she starts pounding. I just, just need so. to show her who's got the power oh, in this relationship. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, you can go with me, but you're going to have to hold the guns and my hat and all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah, she's got to carry all this stuff. And then... He gives her this really weird mansplaining monologue where he's just like, I'm going to give you a weapon. It's oh, an assault God, rifle. so condescending. It's got, he's like, it's got a selector switch. Automatic, semi-automatic. The definition of semi-automatic. <laughs> yeah. semi-automatic. Very oh, not man. necessary. And then like, the next thing we see is he's walking through and we just hear her go, I'm a girl. Why do I have to carry all this stuff? Yeah. It is awful. Just, it's bad. <laughs> His dialogue her, really leaves a lot to be desired. He's right. using her as a stripper pack mule. Yeah. yeah. She's his beast of burden. She does yeah. get a cool Edward Furlong backwards baseball cap. She does, actually. That's true. Yes. And just like in the 90s, she pulls a tuft of hair through yes. that like uh, yeah, she adjustable does. band. Yeah, you gotta do it that way. One size fits all hats, gotta... Put that little bit of something out there. And it seems like the hat is only there to be taken off so that she can tussle her hair only yeah. to put it back, back on, on again. Absolutely. That's how hats worked in 1992. <laughs> you could only keep them on for a certain amount of time. <laughs> they were Otherwise, and paint. then you had to pop them off and tussle. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, your hair would catch on fire. Yeah. That's 100% That's true. how the 90s worked. That's how we lost most of the crew of the Sandlots. Almost yeah. all, those kids, <laughs> all those kids died from not tussling their hair. Yeah, <laughs> Look it up, internet. Great deal of head fires. <laughs> hey Siri, how did the Sandlot die? Boop boop. Didn't tussle. <laughs> That's what Siri sounds like, right? Siri, you really, sound beepy. Yeah, no, I just, I just really hope that a lot of phones turned up. <laughs> <laughs> Siri, pull up porno on this guy's phone right now. Siri, text butts to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Strangely enough, both those things it just sent clips from under siege. <laughs> hey, honey, what are all these weird internet charges for butts to my wife.com? It's a new great website. Yeah, because ISPs itemize where you go to. <laughs> yeah, I, they absolutely do. So you can dispute the charges. I never go to ESPN. <laughs> I only go to ESPN 2, thank you very yeah. much. They've got the water polo I so desperately oh, need. Oh, I only watch ESPN Deportes. Because <laughs> I got to get my football, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. Ugh, that all sounded really gross. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, John. You spent the Die Hard episode talking about yellow cards forever. And you couldn't get it right. But the minute we actually talk about legitimate <laughs> soccer things, you're enraged. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It goes one green card. <laughs> no. No. That is not how that works, buddy. Three yellow cards equal a red card. <laughs> People only get green Four cards. Four red cards and you are in time out. <laughs> time out. Oh, man. Four time outs and you get a stern talking to. <laughs> Five stern talking tos and you are grounded, mister. Yeah. And no dessert. <laughs> And if you try to sneak dessert, you gotta just wait till your father comes home. Yeah. Have you ever seen Lionel Messi's face after he's told no dessert? It's the saddest thing ever. It's heartbreaking. That's why Zidane Zidane headbutted that guy. No dessert. No dessert. No dessert. The guy didn't say anything about his mom. He just said, hey man, there's not gonna be brownies. And Zidane was like, no, fuck that. Try it. 
I did not him. come all this way for no brownies. <laughs> so, uh, Under Siege is a movie we watched. <laughs> Wait a minute, that guy's name was seriously Zidane Zidane? Zina, is it it's, Zinedine Zidane. Yeah, but they're both Zidane. spelled the same. They're very, yeah, there's an N in the first <sighs> one, but it's only like two letters different. France, get yeah. your shit together. And the best part is, he was like a, a morose-looking, bald, white guy. He's, he's yeah. like the Jason Statham of football. Yeah, he's the Jason Statham of France, yeah. Yeah. Zinedine Zidane and he got mad in a World Cup match and this sounds impossible but he reached down from standing to standing and headbutted another dude right dead in the middle of the chest (laughs) like right in the solar plexus with his head it's so good it's so unnecessary and weird but it happened and it's amazing if you haven't seen that video we'll put the links in the show notes (laughs) it'll be right next to the Mac Weldon ad. <laughs> it's literally the second greatest sports somebody got punched other than uh, when Nolan Ryan, Dustin Diamond, or <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page, Robin Ventura <laughs> into the ground, punching him in the head the whole way. When Nolan was Ryan, amazing. When Nolan Ryan was like 48 years yes, old. And Robin Ventura was like 25. <laughs> and he punches the shit out of him. Turns the corner, headlocks him, and drives his head into the ground with punches. <laughs> it's so good. Guys, why do we watch that? <laughs> Dude, 90s movies had nothing on 90s baseball. <laughs> we need to like just like watch like an hour-long YouTube video of sports fights from the 90s <laughs> right? and just talk about all the movie. <laughs> like if we could talk about the malice of the palace, yeah, right. just all that shit, oh, it'll be great. <laughs> Guys, Ron Artest ran out into the stands and he punched a guy in the face. Thing was, the guy he punched wasn't the guy I threw the drink at him. <laughs> it was the guy next to him. <laughs> oh god! Then Stephen Jackson, who's six foot eleven and two hundred and fifty pounds, boxed a guy who was five eight and one hundred and thirty. <laughs> Hilarious. Larry Bird was angry constantly. <laughs> Oh man, oh, boy! Uh, sorry it for is, that. It is. It is really putting me in the mood to play some Sega Genesis Combat Basketball. Yeah, oh right. yeah, yeah. Or some Base Wars. Did you guys ever play Base Wars? <laughs> yeah, I play Base Wars. The fucking like baseball game where you had a robot. All the teams were Korean, and they were either humans or robots. robots. Yep. And if you had a tie and a base, they had to turn into a side scroll fighting <laughs> like, game. Nice. That's awesome. I did not play this game. Oh, I was stuck with awesome. Mutant League football. Oh, Ooh, guys, no. yeah. Fire Pro Wrestling is coming back, and I could not be more excited. Ooh, nice. yeah. You get to pick your referee, and different referees have different uh, like bars of how much they care about specific <laughs> <laughs> The One of the early ones for uh, Super Nintendo never came out in America, but it was directed by Suda51, yeah. who did No More Heroes and a lot of crazy shit after that. But the story mode ends with your wrestler confronted with the existential <laughs> futility of life and killing himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's guys, amazing. That's amazing. Oh my this is after the like Ric Flair analog kills your girlfriend before the championship match. Your best friend dies in the ring. Oh, and you realize that all of your victories have brought you nothing. <laughs> nothing. Oh, 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 
Guys, we shouldn't laugh about this. This is how Big Boss Man died. <laughs> oh, shit. Big oh. Boss? Now he dies at MGS4. Spoiler alert. Oh. Oh. Sorry, you're right. I meant I meant Erwin R. Scheister. <laughs> <laughs> the wrestler known as IRS. Yes, Erwin R. Scheister. That's some pre-attitude era for you yeah, guys. That's some British Bulldog, the Mountie era yeah. shit. Oh, man. Oh, so Under Siege is a movie we watched. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, that's the thing is, there's not much more plot that happens. No. In the right. Rest of the, the rest movie. of the movie is just a sequence of Ryback rolling around, either punching or shooting people to death. Well, you have great sequences where he crosses two like Tech Nine over <laughs> his hands and runs around shooting in different directions. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like he's making uh, the cross shotgun from Constantine. Yes, yes, with, yes. Like, his arms. At one point, he dons a wetsuit and takes explosives to a submarine. There's a lot of like MacGyver improvised yeah. explosives. Yeah, so he, at one point he goes. Uh, he goes and blows up a helicopter by, uh, he takes a grenade, he pulls the pin, and then he lo- There's some, like, turpentine? Yeah, he yeah, has he paint, thinner. paint thinner. He pours paint thinner into the gas can, leaves the paint thinner pouring, and then, like, uses the paint thinner can to hold the pin on the grenade there. Yeah. And then leaps off of the ship as they shoot at it. Holding and a chain. one hand... Grabs yeah, a chain. It's his, it's his diehard uh, fire hose moment. Yeah, right. except he just holds the chain with one hand. He doesn't tie it around. Yeah, and then yeah. slams into the side of the boat as it explodes. Yeah, but he's and fine. takes out like five yeah. guys. Yeah, he's, he's fine. absolutely fine. Totally fine. He takes zero damage to his hands, zero damage to his body, nothing. Yep. Yeah. He he had a really good dexterity roll. Like he rolled a natural twenty. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Was, I mean, you can't beat a natty twenty. No, you can't. <laughs> except maybe some natty ice. Am I right? Oh, Am I right? Oh, ah, no, yeah. actually, a twenty. Beats ice. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you sure? Can you check the fake on that one? Nothing beats a 20. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Guys, I'm real excited. They're doing an enhanced edition of Planescape Torment. I'm real pumped about that. Ooh, nice. I know, right? Yeah. Anyway, let's so just talk about video games. was a movie like. we saw. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's go back to sports fights. <laughs> <laughs> tell you a little story about Michael Barrett and A.J. Pierzynski. This is a story all about how... Michael Barrett punched A.J. Pierzynski right in the brow! (laughs) I have an image in my mind, like, seared forever of Bobby Bonilla spitting his gum onto some Mets player and the gum, like, slowly sliding down his face. Because he was, like, on top of him, like, punching him. And then he just, he's, like, pushed down and he just spits on him. On the ground and the gum just slides down the dude's face. Are we sure it was gum? Yeah, it was good. Oh, it wasn't chalk. No, because it was like bright pink. <laughs> oh, okay. And it held as one substance. Are you sure it wasn't like the Big League Chew version of chalk? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> so, uh, me, everyone's basically just trying to find Casey Ryback. We find out that Casey Ryback, the cook, is not just a cook. No. He's a former Navy SEAL. Uh, highly decorated. He's got a naval... Oh, uh, he had like uh, Navy, Navy Cross, Cross, Silver Star, Purple Heart with Cluster, uh, which just means he was wounded multiple times, right? Purple Heart is wounded? Purple, Purple Heart, Heart is, wounded. is wounded. I have no idea what with Cluster means. Yeah. Wounded multiple either. times? I either wounded multiple, multiple Purple times hearts, or uh, in the line of uh, rescuing a comrade. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, so, it could be. Anyways, the dude's a fucking hero. He's yeah. Like, yeah. But he had his uh, clearance and rank revoked after something happened in Panama... Um, I'm assuming the Panama. I know, yeah, he just, uh, he left all those papers about all those bank routing numbers. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Whoopsie doodle. 
Silly Casey Ryback. So now he's been busted down and he can only hold the rank of yeoman or cook. Mm. So now he proceeds... And, uh, the, the captain of the ship uh, took a liking to him and allowed him to finish off his 20-year service right. as a cook in his private like his private cook in the, in the boat so he could get his pension. Yeah. Uh, thus, the movie wants us to feel super connected to this captain... And right. I yeah. never really did. All he ever did was wear a Mr. Rogers sweater and talk about how much he wanted to read a book. He was supposed to be like an insta-father figure kind of thing. Oh, right. right. I mean, and there is that scene when Ryback finds his body, he very, like, gingerly, like, places his, like, dress white his dress over, him, over him. And then, like, they zoom in on his face to have, like, the emotional, like... The scene where his Casey Ryback's feelings are hurt, but he's macting. Yeah. So, so all it's just a blank yeah, expression. Yeah. The only look on his face is just like, I wonder what's in the commissary today. Yeah, right. <laughs> it better not be chili. Yeah. Because Seagal don't fuck with chili. Yeah, it's bad for you. Yeah. Yeah, Seagal's fucking with terrorists, uh, taking breaks only to annoyedly answer the very reasonable questions. <laughs> asked by is, his uh, Playboy <laughs> assistant. Yeah. And they eventually uh, um, rescue a couple friends of theirs. Who also worked in the galley. Yeah, yeah. and now they've got like this weird like A-team mm-hmm. sort of like this ragtag group. This movie goes group. through like nine or ten different plots. Yes, yeah. yeah. There's the terrorists taking over the boat and Ryback being the one man against them. There's also the, like, Pentagon guys in the room who are just like, we have to blow up the boat. We have to stave so the, these people. It's, it's like they're establishing a ticking clock, but they never revisit it until the very end of the movie where yeah. it's no longer a problem. Yeah, right, yeah. It and it mean, stops ticking. Yeah, so basically Ryback goes through. It all kind of comes to a head. We don't really need to go too in-depth. It really comes to a head during the final assault on the boat where Ryback has the cross technology. Yeah. He's literally just using the spray gun from Contra to distinguish <laughs> people. Yeah. Except well, that, nobody says all your base are belong to us now. So. Uh, well, that that no, that was uh, oh shit, Super Contra. No, that was not a Contra it game. It totally is Contra. No, all your base are belong to that us. That is not a Contra game. It uh, is. Listeners, if it's a Contra game, scream loudly into the heavens. <laughs> uh, Contra game. No, all right. Uh, where's my goddamn phone? <laughs> this, this will not stand. Mean, meanwhile, meanwhile. Uh, so yeah, Jordan gets her first kill. Yeah. Uh, she shoots a fucking redhead guy. Yeah, Cole Meany. Yeah, he shoots. Cole Meany in the back, and then he uh, makes his little quip, his only quip of the movie, yeah, really. His only quip. Earlier on, she mentioned that she had two rules. She doesn't date musicians, and she doesn't kill people. Well, she kills a guy, and then he says, like, look what's gonna happen next. You're gonna start dating musicians. Can I tell you something? If that's your only two rules, you live a pretty wide open life, right? Yeah, because like, that just damn. means it's like, now yeah, wake up, I shoot some H, and then I go down, <laughs> right? I go down and rob a few banks, but you know what? <laughs> I've never killed a guy. Never. It's Contra? The phrase, as it appears in the introduction to Zero Contra? Wing. Zero Wing. Zero Wing. Let me take a look at this Thanks, here. listeners. Uh, Mark, don't take the time enough, to edit on, Wikipedia. On Wikipedia, it does say in parentheses, Zero Wing, parentheses, not a Contra game as commonly believed, and parentheses. <laughs> Yeah, no, it says right here that in the U.S. it's known as Contra. That is absolutely not true. Sure it does. (laughs) 
think you're also doing a terrible job. Wrong, of internet. Closing I don't know. Wait, you went to the trouble of closing Safari completely. Yeah. Did I? Take that, Safari. <laughs> John, you'll never get that information back. No! The internet is a one-use <laughs> ticket. Right. <laughs> like a monkey Damn it. I already scratched the back of the box. It's useless now. <laughs> I deleted your entire browser history no! and wiped all of your cookies. No! <laughs> Now you're never going to be able to find that porno website. I don't know. I got. I have no <laughs> idea what you're doing with your phone over yeah. there, buddy. <laughs> so anyways, Seagal and company get into a big firefight. Uh, and then he gets into the room with like, it's like the work room or the work shed. I don't yeah, know what it is. It's the shop class. It's the shop class where they're uh, making the I-beam rail thing right. for the missiles. So the first thing he does is he drops a fucking steel I-beam through, through a, a guy. It's so good. Oh my it's the, god! I mean, we legitimately cheered. It's the first amazing thing that happens in this oh, movie, and man. it's glorious. He then uh, he seems to be going through because this alerts all of the other workers, right. and he seems to be going for just like a wound instead of kill for most of these. Absolutely guys. not. Well, He's but, got a knife out, and he, sure. each person he comes, he plunges the knife into their neck and then under their arm or their leg to cut out. Yeah, arteries. like the, the first, the first couple of guys, he sort of like deflects, and it looks like he's trying to like preserve them because he's like, "Nah, this ain't their fight." But then, yeah, he gives up and just starts killing, straight killing. Yeah, in incredible. Increasingly painful looking. Yeah, man. he starts artery cutting so many yeah. people. Like the fact that blood's not spraying everywhere. Yeah, is insane. I mean, if any, if any scene deserved a Tarantino treatment. Yeah, <laughs> he takes a dude and like shoves his shoulder through a fucking bandsaw, like a table saw. Yeah, yeah. well, then, I guess it's like a jigsaw, really. I mean, it doesn't matter. It yeah. cuts like six <laughs> inches deep into his, his shoulder. Yeah, uh, he also rips a dude's throat out. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. throws hands. him away. Uh, oh, but it's, so I think good. it's at this point that uh, we find out that the the purpose of the mission is to take over this ship so that they can sell the nuclear equipped Tomahawk missiles yeah. to France. Uh, to or a, to like, a man named Francois. Uh, to a, a man, man named, named Francois. It seems to be like a French-Italian coalition. Right. So basically what happened is they've got this submarine that's following them. It's a North Korean submarine that they stole. It's being run by an all-Italian crew. He's on the phone with a guy named Francois, and he threatens if Francois doesn't give him the price he wants, he might sell it to a guy named Mohammed. Yeah. Um, and then Busey ends up on the sub... Which Seagal goes to attack. He gets hit with a fish hook. That's never not a fish hook, like a meat hook, basically. I mean, it's like it's a an anchor boom. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, it's an and it rips sort of a thing. giant hole in his back. Yeah. It's never mentioned again. No, sure. um, because to show any kind of damage to a Steven Seagal would serve as only to tarnish him. Yeah, right. Yeah, he gets like a bandage later, but it's like a second of a scene. Yeah. Well, later yeah. on when they're addressing, she his gives wound, him. She dresses his wound in like yeah. a sexy wound dressing way. Yeah. And like later when the mission is over and they're addressing his wound. They're like, oh man, you got a cut on your eyebrow. That's going to need like maybe two or three stitches. And they don't say anything about his back. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the eight inch, like three inch deep gash. gash I guess he's back. got like Wolverine healing. Yeah. Right. But only neck down. Yeah. Yeah, only neck down. Uh, and so they. Uh, he goes on a rampage. Busey gets on the sub. 
uh, Seagal and the old man who the old like there's like a fifty year old seventy year old dude on the boat. Right, part of part of the the like galley crew that he freed that is clearly like the audience self insert for the demographic that they're going for right. this right. movie, where it's like oh, I might be able to if I work hard enough, I could be Steven Seagal's sidekick yeah. on this madcap adventure. Yeah, right, because there's the guy who doesn't want to fight at first because he's just does laundry, and then he. Bursts into his David Mamet audition material. Yeah. Yeah. I was ironing during Desert Storm. <laughs> and then Miss July's like, let's go. And he's like, oh, all right, all right. I don't want to get shown up by Miss July. And then yeah. like follows her out. Uh, yeah. And then there's like his cook friends, the fat guy from uh, that you know from the, who was on Home Improvement and talked about having sex with his wife. He yeah. was also one of the weird police in uh, Demolition Man. Definitely. Um, and then, of course, Old Man, who they set up. The fucking five-inch guns and shells, and they fire them at the submarine and blow it up, and that's how Busey oh, bites guys. it. He gets hit by the shell. Not only that, but that's like amazing. this this sequence in particular is all about uh, shafts and holes. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It is, is nothing. The, the, the five-inch gun gets very aroused yeah, before it, it fires off, slowly lifting up, yeah. achieving. Boy. Achieving erectile yeah, yeah. Uh, greatness uh, amidst those lots two other guns on either side. Yep, lots of close-ups of things being slid sensually into other things. And if you're thinking to yourself, that must drive you crazy. Well, actually, this is the point where the firing of this gun will send Tommy Lee Jones in his next bit of King Lear. Oh, yeah. God, he's it's standing, incredible. He's like standing next to the gun when it fires off at Starburst, the first one, and it's blown back. Like just 25 from the sound yeah. of the yeah. gun. And slides across the deck of the ship. And then immediately just begins like babbling he incoherently. He bursts into the... You know, like the bridge. Yeah. yeah, and he's clearly like he his inner balance is all messed right. up from the, the ringing in his ears. And he is just like screaming about old cartoons yeah. and like shrimp cowboys. Yes! Yeah. He picks up a shrimp that is like bone white. Like it's not like it's not cooked. At yeah, all. no, no, and it's not even shrimp. It's probably like some weird like tofu shrimp, shrimp substitute. Yeah. It's a weird looking shrimp, like shrimp foo. Or well, actual like actual shrimp. It's it's an old movie trick because actual shrimp would melt under those heavy lights. <laughs> yeah, true. It's really just mashed potatoes with some food coloring. Stick. Oh, uh, and man. he yeah he just like gets everyone out. Seagal finishes his rampage, and finally they blow up the the submarine. Busey's death is given no more than uh, him looking basically at the camera and going, Ooh! Yeah. He gives a Tim the Toolman Taylor grunt, <laughs> and then is exploded. Now, I mean, now it's finally here, the big standoff between Seagal and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, yeah. A and man 30 years his senior. It's at this point that the movie realizes, oh, shit, we have not established the stakes between these two characters at all. And out of nowhere, Seagal's like, you look familiar. And he's like, I know you. And, like, it turns out they have some kind of history together. He Despite was, the, Tommy Lee Jones was his commanding officer in, in some Panama, work. yeah. Right. Yeah. Probably in Panama. Probably in Panama. And and on top of that, earlier in the movie, when they mention Ryback and he hears about him, he's just like, "Who the fuck's it's that?" Casey Ryback. Right. But then all of a sudden, they know each other. Yeah. Isn't that funny? 
Uh, it's some really poor script design. There's a lot Again, of that that goes around. this movie only cares about the scene you're currently in, <laughs> the scene immediately yeah, before and it, the and the scene immediately alive. after it. There's a couple of, like, continuity issues in this film, where, like, Tommy Lee Jones is wearing a sweater, inexplicably. And then, yeah, like, he <laughs> goes only from tie-dye to sweater. It's like tie-dye leather jacket, sweater. Tie-dye leather jacket. <laughs> For Sometimes it's movie. leather jacket, sweater. Yeah. Weird. I mean, it gets cold on those boats sometimes, I, I guess. Yeah. So eventually, now they get into a knife fight. Uh, yeah. It's Seagal versus Tommy Lee Jones. It's a good one. It's a pretty good knife fight. Seagal's... It's the only uh, issue with it is it starts out with a lot of close-ups, so you can't really get a good track. On you the don't. Fight. Yeah, it's hard to see the when they're fir- before they start getting into it. Right. Yeah. It's hard to get like the geot like the geology. the geology. The geography of the fight. We're yeah. some earth probes in there yeah. to see what's yeah. going on. In well, Tommy I couldn't Jones. tell if they were igneous rocks or. <laughs> Uh, that other Name another kind. Rock. Name another kind. <laughs> Magamus rocks? Yeah. Sedimentary. John's is definitely true. I I'm definitely wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know much about rocks, but that doesn't sound right. It, uh, magma, magmus rocks would probably be igneous rocks. Though. Yeah, like I think lava magma rocks, yeah. makes igneous rocks. I think yeah. that's actually a Pokemon. <laughs> igneous? Probably. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Pokemon. Anyway, Guys, so there's a knife fight, and then Tommy Lee Jones gets cut in all the places. Yeah, yeah. He like gets on the a, wrist, and again, in the face. And again, uh, Steven Seagal, it seems like Steven Seagal had to be argued into letting Tommy Lee Jones get one very small hit on him. Superficial nick on his head. So, yeah. Uh, Steven, Mr. Seagal. Yeah. In sir. order to. Call me actually, slow hand. Slow hand. <laughs> Mr. Seagal, slow hand. In order to have actual stakes to this fight, it needs to be conceivable no, that no, you might no. loot. <laughs> Can we just get a single, just just a little nip, maybe? No. On the, all right, all right. If you do this for us, we'll let you see some naked butt in this movie. All right, right. Did it. All right. <laughs> cool. well, no, they shot out of sequence. Out of, they yeah, had, of course, they of had to get Tommy Lee Jones out so he could finish his work on The Fugitive. Of course. Oh. Yeah, they were doing this uh, Netflix style where they were filming all of Tommy Lee Jones' <laughs> movies at one time. Tommy Lee Jones actually only worked for like eighteen months. <laughs> yeah, Men in Black was shot like right after that. Right yeah. after that, yeah. It's actually in a slightly different dimension that he went into. Yeah. and brought it back we- to us. Weirdly enough, this came right after shooting uh, Coal Miner's Daughter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he filmed the three burials of, uh, well, whatever. That I defy made. anyone to show me evidence of him being a different age in any of these movies. <laughs> That's true. He looks exactly the same as he does in No Country for Old Men, yeah. which is exactly how he looks in Men in Black, which is exactly how he looks in Batman Forever. Which is exactly yeah. how he looks in Space Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, man. That is a movie that is not even remotely an action movie. No. But we need to watch. <laughs> because, goddammit, it's Clint Eastwood... James Garner, uh, the great James Garner, Donald Sutherland, and, and Tommy, Tommy Lee, Lee Jones, Jones, and they're old men and they're astronauts, yeah, and they, they go are. into space. Huge it's ass- so cute. They're astronauts. <laughs> oh man, that was like their like the old man version of fucking uh, like Armageddon. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, it's so good. It's good. <laughs> oh man. So Under Siege is the movie we so, watched yeah, instead so, oh, of man. Space so, Cowboys. So they, they not. I guess the comp- the actual compromise is that all right, Mr. Seagal, if we let him cut you slightly on the eyebrow, you get to kill him three times. Yeah, you do. Right, and he does. Uh, the first death he gets. 
uh, is he... The thumb in the eye. Yeah, he jams the thumb in his eye and yanks it out. And there is lots of goop. Yeah. And there is a slow motion close-up of it. So yeah. you get a good look. Then he takes a knife and plunges it directly into the top of his skull. Top of his skull. Penetrated twice now. Yeah, he is. And then his head is thrown through a radar screen. Yeah. Where I assume whatever life he had left was electrocuted out of him. Right. Uh... What we failed to mention was that before the fight, Tommy Lee Jones uh, had shot Are you shot suggesting off. we ever failed in this podcast? Yeah, You're right. Don't what do we it. successfully skipped <laughs> yeah, we was did. that before the night fight, uh, Tommy Lee Jones's uh, guy had shot two nuclear tomahawks off to Honolulu. Uh, Which he believes will end the world, I guess? For some reason? It will begin he's well the revolution. In, he's well into his Lear parts, man. Right. Sure. His whole, the whole yeah, thing... Yeah, he tied, he tied notes to Jupiter on each yeah, of the tomahawks. One, yes. Yeah. Uh, the whole movie he's been saying, like, let the revolution begin. Here begins the revolution. Yeah. Like, he has some... There's a vague revolution that he has. No one knows what it is. It could be Prince in the revolution. We don't we know. We don't know. He could yeah. just want to hear Purple Rain Guys, again. Guys, there's not uh, enough Morris Day in the time for you to listen to all of your Prince in the Revolution records. <laughs> Thanks, John. Got that it. was so. uh, that's, that's staying in, right? That's going to be the title of this episode. Credit <laughs> point. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so then they casually disarm those nuclear weapons because Tommy Lee Jones had to come. Uh, the first one gets blown up. Yeah, by a plane. the second plane. one gets through their shield. It snuck it by. Slips through. So they it slipped through the vaginal mucus, guys. They call. Oh, God. They, they call it up on the phone. They do call it Seagal, up on the phone. Seagal puts the key into a, a box and all over the it's phone. It's like the golden eye key yeah. from. Yes, uh, yeah. and like over the phone gets information from the Pentagon players. Uh, my favorite small town theater company, <laughs> and uh, they—you uh, should have seen their Uncle Vanya. <laughs> I bet it was. And it was. Uh, he so disarms—he disarms the bomb, and it blows up just before it hits Honolulu. Now, mind you, it didn't look like it was ever going to hit because near as I can tell, it was heading straight for Honolulu, and then just rode the coast for yeah, a while, right. like it that, was surfing the big waves. That missile route. knew that it was only ever going to live one day. Yeah. So, like, what's the hurry? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy and savor the experience of life. Nah, man, it was scouting locations for Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> A movie made some years before this. <laughs> yes, one years. <laughs> one is some. Prove me wrong. <laughs> ah, sorry, Chief, the math checks out. <laughs> uh, it turns out it's contra number of years. That's what it is. <laughs> oh! So uh, the day is saved, and then in one of my favorite, just glossed over pieces of bullshit. <laughs> so everyone on the deck is just cheering. All the bad guys are dead. They've won. They've gotten all the all oh, their God. friends so out were, of the forecastle. Yeah, they were trying to drown all of the remaining Marines by activating the sprinkler system. And in a moment where the subtext just becomes text, the doors fly open and, and semen come literally flying yeah, out, washing out just a oh. bunch of. Boy, tons howdy. of water filled with yeah. semen, and then they're all <laughs> at the tip of the boat, yeah. and the semen comes spilling out. <laughs> they're all literally just like going, "Yay, yay!" And Seagal takes a look at the radar, and he sees the Air Force coming in, like fifteen dots coming in, and all Which he does—they have to be like B fifty two bombers because they were talking about like bombers annihilating the ship. This ship, and he all he literally says is just like, "Hey, stop the bombers!" And then it cuts to the Pentagon players. The guys like. 
Call off the airstrike! Yeah, and yeah, then that's it! They're literally yep. doing the uh, the Galaxy Quest uh, cutthroat motion for yes. off the airstrike, yeah. which I guess is enough approval to withdraw a fleet of bombers yeah. from a top secret mission. Get yeah. out of here. Just a little bit of that, just a little bit of that flat hand in front of throat. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then the movie... Uh, oh, God, there's, there are two things that happen at the end of this movie yeah. that we need to draw attention to. The first is, uh, it is now daylight, and everyone is celebrating. The medic says, oh, you're going to need a couple stitches for that one small yeah. cut that you sustained during this entire big boy mission. Yeah. yeah. And then... And then and then one of his dancing buddies comes up to him, and he's like, hey, Casey, show me some moves. And he's like, I show you a move. And he just reaches over and kisses Erica And then just Alaniac. jams his tongue down. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess his only dance move is to sexually assault a woman. (laughs) Right? Yeah, just jams his mouth into hers. Though... The next scene is him at the funeral of some of the guys that died. I guess it's probably the captain. captain. And she's in navy suit. Like, she's on the boat in a uniform. Right, he's in his dress She had a taste of the life and she can't leave it behind. (laughs) Yeah, we finally see In the navy. (laughs) Casey's in his dress whites with a weird, like, bad salute. Yeah, it's not a good salute. It feels like the filmmakers want everyone in the theater to be so roused with patriotism that they Return the salute. Yeah. You're right. So you it are lingers. To it lingers back. on the shot of him saluting directly into camera for way too long. <laughs> yeah, and then we get the glimpse of her in full sailor regalia. She in the two hours it's taken for them to come down the coast of California yeah. to San Francisco. She is now a full. Officer, yep. or at least a petty officer. Pa- petty officer in the navy. And we see the the casket that presumably has the captain in it, and god damn it, I kept thinking, positive, a hundred percent sure that they were going to load it into a torpedo tube and fire it. No, no such luck. The only thing that comes roaring into the end of this movie is the goddamn credits. <laughs> And not a moment too soon. That is the end of Under Siege, or at least whatever we talked about. <laughs> uh, and we'll get to probably a lot more when we get to bullet points right after this. There won't really be a cut. There'll just be some music. And that you know how this goes, if you've listened before. Bullet points! And we are back with our first bullet point, Body Count. Body counts. Patrick, what do you think the body count of this movie is? 50. Oh, oh, you got right into it. <laughs> no preamble or anything. Yeah, All right. Yeah, I was ready. John, body count? I am going to have a preamble. We, the people, believe. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, I think that, uh, I think that, yeah, 50 people at least die on the boat, but you got to remember there's a radar station that gets blown oh, up. Yeah, the radar That's got to be manned because the there is no automation yet in the military because it is the early 90s. Early. I'm going to say 75. Ooh. Ooh, playing by prices right rules, John wins. Yes. The body count is an even 100. Nice. Yes. Hey, like Guys, it. why didn't we do this as our 100th episode? <laughs> We didn't know. Damn it. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll never know now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, well. Take that, the future. <laughs> uh, moving on to our next bullet point. Best kill. Best kill. John. Best kill. I gotta go for the buse. 
The buse. The, uh, the, the quality of the kill is lacking, obviously, because it's just an explosion. Although I do believe that they exploded an actual submarine. I believe them when they explode any military equipment in this. Because, right. again, we kind of figured war was done. Yeah. So what are we going to do with all this stuff? We're getting rid of this crap anyway. Uh, but I love the expression of betrayal he feels <laughs> at yep. getting blown up. Like, fire, I never knew you would be the one to do me in. <laughs> this is not at all what that old gypsy woman said. Ah, uh, please, Romanian. <laughs> uh, Patrick, best kill. Oh, I'm going for I-beam penetration. Yeah. <laughs> he gets an I-beam dropped on him. It goes right through him and staples him to the floor. Oh, it's it so It goes through good. him and through the steel grates. It's awesome. So gory oh. and bloody. It's a great It's kill. a catharsis I hadn't built up to, didn't know who was coming, <laughs> and had no idea how desperately I needed it. Yeah, I mean, you should you could have rolled the credits right after that. <laughs> I'd like, have still been screaming and, with joy. And I'd have walked out of the movie and be like, that was a good movie, <laughs> yeah, right? There's a guy with an eye beam at the end. Like, I wouldn't, like, it would it'd be a week later, I'd be like, wait a minute, what about Tommy Lee Jones? <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> Speaking of which, Mark. Best kill, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Because he gets killed thrice. Yeah. And one of them is a knife through the top of the <laughs> skull. Oh, man. So, like, like the eye, you know, the finger, the thumb in the eye is great. Because then you see the slow motion wobbliness of the Tommy Lee Jones, the bad makeup application goo coming out of his face. Then there's the quick cut of the knife going into his head, where it's clearly a dummy head. Yeah. That was made... The skin tone is wrong, the lighting is different, <laughs> the hair is different. Yeah. It's like a paper mache head that he just jams the <laughs> knife into, and then he throws him through the radar screen. Yeah. Oh, so satisfying. Mm-hmm. All I wanted after that was the radar screen to keep going bloop, bloop. And for that like little beam to hit him in the face every time. <laughs> <it went by. laughs> like the hands of a clock. <laughs> Moving on to our next bullet point, war crimes. War crimes. Patrick, talk about some war crimes. There's only one for me that is just the most glaring, brutal, awful thing that can be done in this movie. And it is the burning of those fucking pies. (laughs) (laughs) I can't fucking believe it. It's the worst thing. Yeah, they had been set up as if they were going to be the hero of the film. Absolutely. And they looked so good. Right. And anything could have been under that meringue. Sure. I I felt like it was building up to a moment where he's in the kitchen with Busey and Tommy Lee Jones. The timer goes off and he's just like, well, gentlemen, it's time to pie. Yeah. (laughs) And, I mean, there's got to be, like, a Geneva Convention about how if there are pies in the oven, you have to take them out. <laughs> I mean, if you got the prisoners to you got to take basic. the pies out. Right. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Speaking of which, John, war crimes. <laughs> Boy, um, i got to say probably selling uh, nuclear missiles to a rogue state is um, probably... You know what? <laughs> or if... rogue non-state actors. Sure. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A guy named just selling it to a guy named Francois, and the guy named Francois looks exactly like the guy on the cover of those frozen fish sticks. <laughs> He's got the big sailor beard. He's the fisherman. fisherman. Yeah, exactly. His name is Francois Gorton. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. He's yeah. you know he's 
from he's originally from French Canada, but then he moved <laughs> he to Newfoundland. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. They're selling yeah. nuclear weapons to the uh, Quebec separatists, right? right. <laughs> Liberté de Quebec. This was after they were freed in the aftermath of Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that was the one thing nobody went to go check back up on. <laughs> yeah. They just freed those Quebecis. Ah, <laughs> well, well, it'd be rude to take it back now, <laughs> eh? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Mark, war crimes. <laughs> Guys, there's no pea meal in the United States. It's really yeah, sad. No, I don't know what that's about, actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's like thick cut, almost like rasher-like bacon. Yeah. Uh, like back bacon. Yeah, with um, like cornmeal on it. Yes, yeah. Mm. And it's uh, got like brined a little bit. Yeah. It's good. Oh, yeah. uh, Mark, war crimes, besides pea meal bacon. Uh, I'm probably going to have to go with the stealing of a submarine. And the stealing of a naval vessel. Yeah. <laughs> Two different military vessels are stolen. One from a foreign country and one from the United States of and America. The one, the one from a foreign nation, an unfriendly foreign nation that we're already politically on hard terms with, but also then brought to American water. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And yep. then the taking over, the the murdering of the captain of the ship, yep. so k- killing of a decorated military officer, and then stealing a boat yeah. is pretty much a war Plus, crime, I think. I'm pretty sure that Gary Busey would be brought up on some insubordination charges. Perhaps. I mean, he it sounded like he was already on the way there beforehand, beforehand yeah. stole the <clears throat> boat. That's why he helped them. Because there's a part where he goes through his file and he's like, listen to this horse shit I've had to deal with. I'm so mad at my boss. Also, Gary Busey opens this movie in his dress whites and he does not look like he belongs in a uniform whatsoever. Well, it's the most ill-fitting I was going to say, especially because the the uniform is like four sizes too small. It's absurd. It's made to like, accentuate his gut. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? John, is this an action movie? Insofar as it does not comfortably fit into any other genre, it by default has to be, yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Patrick, is this an action movie? Yeah, it's either that or war propaganda. <laughs> but war propaganda for a nation that doesn't exist? It's, yeah, yeah I know, it's right? Like, it's about as realistic as, like, Star Wars is. <laughs> yeah. But it wants us to get, like, deeply invested in the ethos of it? Yeah. It's really bizarre. Mark, is this an action movie? No, absolutely not. <laughs> this movie... Uh, Mark, into the ocean with you. This movie is not an action movie. This movie is fucking robo-porn. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is nothing but greased-up missiles sliding into tubes and just, like, the slowest, most fetishistic, yeah. erotic manner. This movie is the Emmanuel of military action movies. <laughs> I feel like when robots are created and they reach around puberty, this is their equivalent of like a Macy's catalog yeah, right. lingerie section. Yeah. Just, it's oh. not meant to be erotic, but oh boy, boy. is it. <laughs> it's like flipping through it's like flipping through like the Target catalog. It's like, ooh, a lady in a sports bra. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's an action movie, but jokes aside, it is. Although it's really <laughs> yeah, guys, let's break it down and get serious. Turn all your chairs backwards, turn all your baseball caps around, and let's really rap about the serious issue. It's time to get dangerous minds in here. Let's <laughs> not use rap for casual conversation. <laughs> I hated rapping about things. 
Oh, come on, I'm meeting you on your level, young person. buddy. I love Under Siege in a major way. (laughs) It's super cool. It's super awesome. I can watch it each and every day. There we go. Under Siege, uh, 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 under Siege, under Siege, uh, uh. Under Siege. Um, I had to know that. That was the Will Smith song they wrote for the credits. We didn't watch it. Well, no. Now you've got to do it again so that we can layer the vocals and get some real, like, big depth on that track. Ah, we'll do it in post. Yes, we will do it in post. We will need a second take. Nah. 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 We'll just record it over. He's just going to get... No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Mark, you have committed the mortal sin of forgetting about Dre. That is one thing! I forgot about Uh, DRE. Eminem has but one commandment. (laughs) Thou shalt not forget about Dre. Oh, well. Hey, hey, hey. I guess I'll smoke weed every day. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it for Body Counts and Beers. I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. Guys, I've decided that I'm still Jonathan Rooney. I really wish you'd make a different choice. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Hard to Kill Bromley, John Above the Law Rooney, and Mark the Glimmer Man Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are purveyed. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.